It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Top Stories, I'm Andy Zaltzman and in today's Delve into the Bugle Archives we go back in time to March 2014 and Russia invading Ukraine, part one. Yes, the Russian troops were occupying Crimea, unless you asked one Vladimir Putin. Here I am with John Oliver. Top Story this week... Insane in the Ukraine. (laughs) Crazy insane. Got no brain. (laughs) Oh, well... John, it's, well, it's, well, it's well. very notable. Uh, the more yep. you you get yep. to the stage where you are in charge of TV shows in America, that <laughs> your innate punning is coming to the surface. And no, 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 quite no, a dangerous not true, way. Andy. Yeah, not there's true. a lot of wordplay. Fine. Even that Oscar to La Jolla joke, I didn't realise at the time. That is, was that was that a pun on a fashion designer? Well, it was. A, it was. I think. Look again, Andy. I can't overstress the little amount of thought that went into that that happened faster than my brain was working well that just shows that, I is, know that is your true comedic soul coming out John. there's someone there's, there's someone called Oscar de la Renta and I don't right. know if he or she makes shoes or dresses or both right. I don't know but I know that people like him or her right and I, know, I do know Oscar de la Hoya yeah because I just and thought, I know that those two yeah. names are similar right and I could have said the normal one but instead for <laughs> no reason not even a particularly comedic one I decided to say the wrong one See, I just, I thought, I think it, not knowing that that was a pun, made it a better joke. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. I think that's a fair point. Um, well, the point is, Andy. Yep. What a week! If if last week was about Ukraine, this week has emphatically been about Russia, and I guess to a lesser extent also about the trouble in Ukraine. <laughs> that was quite. A white-knuckle diplomatic roller coaster the world has been on. Uh, at one point on Monday, it seemed like the US and Russia, two nuclear-armed nations, were headed for all-out war. The match-up the world has been waiting to see <laughs> for a century. They shock-teased the world for 24 hours. But once again, in an act of almost tantric warmongering, both sides pulled back from the brink just before a gigantic explosion. <laughs> Monday was a tense, tense day. Uh, with one of the most low-key invasions the world has ever seen. In fact, it wasn't even clear if it was an invasion by Russian troops at one point during the day or just a misplaced stroll. <laughs> Apparently, suspected Russian troops, I say suspected because they, were, they weren't wearing Russian army uniforms, 
turned up in the Crimea on Monday morning and just started standing around. <laughs> Locals were seen going up to them and chatting, trying to work out what exactly was going on, whether this was an invasion or an impromptu birthday party. <laughs> if it was a military manoeuvre, Andy, it was a f***ing casual one. <laughs> Although, it is worth remembering that that's basically how the British Empire conquered two-thirds of the world's <laughs> exactly. landmass. Yeah. Essentially just turning up and saying, uh, do you mind if I put my bag down here? Uh, thanks ever so much. Oof, that was a long trip. Um, I'll just sit down in your house over there for a moment. Would you mind picking my bag up and taking it inside? <laughs> thanks ever so kindly. Now, I don't suppose you'd be an absolute doll and build a railway line between here and Delhi. If you need me, I'll be over there pointing a shotgun at you while you're doing it. <laughs> be quiet. <laughs> Uh, just hearing some breaking news uh, now in a tit-for-tat move responding to Russian presence in the Crimea, America has announced that it has occupied Nova Scotia. The uh, dangly Canadian peninsula has been taken over without a bullet being fired as and US troops have hoisted the flags of their favourite football teams up. So this is, I mean, this is spreading, John, as all wars do. Very dangerous. Here in the US, there was hope earlier in the week that even if Putin would not listen to reason, he might instead... Listen to the stock market. There was instability <laughs> all day on Monday, and a journalist on CNN actually hoped that, and I quote, the market could react as a diplomat. And here's the problem with that concept, Andy. Russia seemed to back down, in a way. By Tuesday, the market had bounced back completely. And the worst lesson we could possibly take away from this is that the market engineered an impressive feat of diplomacy and should henceforth function as our moral compass. Because the market, let's be clear, Andy, the market is not a diplomat, it is a f***ing sociopath. <laughs> sure, sure, the market might not want a military occupation in Ukraine, but it very much does want factories full of Indonesian 12-year-olds trying not to let their fingers bleed over the low-grade T-shirts they're making. <laughs> It'll be a new low for humanity if one of the nominees for this year's Nobel Peace Prize is the market, <laughs> especially seeing as, and this is true, one of the nominees it would be going up against is Vladimir Putin. <laughs> His name was actually put forward for uh, as a nominee uh, for the Nobel Peace Prize this year for reasons that are not... 100% clear. Um, one, it could have been for his assistance in getting chemical weapons out of Syria last year. Two, it could have been as a joke. Three, it could have been as a bet. And four, it could have been a filing error. And the person in question was trying to nominate him for the award for old man whose chest most resembles an overstuffed leather couch. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, uh, Vlad, Vlad, Vlad Putin, the self-styled Rusky Rapscallion, the St. Petersburg scallywag, Mickey Mischief from Moscow, the Kremlin Gremlin, is not... Budging an inch. Um, well, I mean, that's not strictly true. The top uh, of his middle finger is budging by about two inches upwards towards the rest of the world. He said on Tuesday, this was amazing, that Russia was, quote, not considering annexing Crimea. Very much like <laughs> I am not considering whether to come into the recording studio for the recording that I'm now already doing. <laughs> And there's been further spanners thrown in the works by the uh, Crimean MPs in the local Crimean government who voted in favour of a law declaring Crimea part of the Russian Federation by 78 votes to nil. 78 nil, John, 100%. That is a suspiciously Russian-sounding margin of victory in a vote. <laughs> that is the kind of margin of victory that Vladimir Putin himself would consider a little bit of a disappointment and vow to work harder to bounce back from. <laughs> It really would be incredible, Andy, if he won the Nobel Peace Prize <laughs> this year after getting up to this level of border and fracking 
uh, shenanigans. There have been some ludicrous nominees and indeed recipients of the Nobel Peace Prize in the past. But Vladimir Putin winning it this year of all years would really be something. If he won, Putin, I think, would have been the first Nobel Peace Prize winner to strap the award to the front of a tank and drive it straight into <laughs> central Kiev before doing donuts in Independence Square. <laughs> saying, it's not an invasion, how can it be? I'm the king of peace. Um, the financial side of it uh, has had some um, uh, quite a lot of attention here. There was a government document that was photographed being carried into Downing Street uh, for a meeting of senior ministers that said that London's financial centre should not be closed to Russians, basically saying, we'd like to do a bit more, but it is economically inconvenient. And it shows that we in Britain, we will stand steadfast in defence of our principles. The document also uh, suggested that Britain should push Ban Ki-moon to take the lead in calling and creating uh, a forum for engaging Russia on Ukraine. So there is nothing more that we can do, John. No sacrifice is too great for maintaining the sanctity of national self-government where it is threatened. And we will take the strongest action conceivable. We will urge someone else to create a forum for engaging in discussions. For we are Britain, John. We may have lost some things that define us as a nation with the pitiless passage of that unstoppable uber-bitch time. We may have lost, for example, our willingness to fork out for a functioning justice system, our sacred principles of personal freedom, our military's ability to do anything beyond being mentioned earnestly in politicians' speeches, our economic dignity and self-determination. But whatever else we may lose as a nation, and by lose I mean willfully abandoned for short-term economic and ideological pettiness, we will always steadfastly retain our innate British ability to urge someone else to create a forum for engaging in discussions. No giggling. That that was so rousing, Andy. You're a downbeat Churchill. That's right. It's the last thing you lose as a one-time political heavyweight. <laughs> and uh, just before you thought Putin could not make this situation any more tense, he even conducted a long-range missile test <laughs> on Tuesday in one of the least subtle pieces of gigantic metal dick-swinging imaginable. If... I wouldn't have been in the least bit surprised if the Russians had constructed a gigantic pair of trousers around the missile, unzipped the front of them, <laughs> just poked the missile out, waggled it around a bit, and then and only then fired it before zipping the trousers triumphantly back up. The, the Russians were at pains to point out that they had informed the international community when they were about to fire it in full compliance with international law. But of course they did, Andy. That's the whole point. They would have loved making that call. Oh, hello, America. I just wanted you to know that we're um, testing a long-range missile. We're about to fire it. What's that? Is this test connected to uh, us arguing right now? No, 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 no. That hadn't even crossed our mind. What a funny thought. I just wanted to let you know it was happening, that we were testing a long-range missile. Really long, (laughs) long-range missile. What's that? Could it reach you? I hadn't even crossed my mind. Probably. Maybe. I don't know. Definitely. I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, better go fire it now. Stay away from your windows. Just kidding. Or not. Bye. (laughs) Putin, of course, the man who puts the nah into international law, uh, had a bit of a chinwag on the blower last (laughs) night with uh, Obama. A one-hour call. Now, Mm. one hour, John, that must have been quite a lot of small talk, because presumably the main gist of the conversation was was presumably so, regarding Nyet, we really should poshol nachoy. Either side of that, (laughs) bit of sport chat probably, they both like a bit of sport, maybe talk about girls and motorbikes, whatever young guys like these two cats like to chat about these days. I will quote the the words of the great historian A.J.P. Taylor from his influential 1978 disco hits. Rara Rasputin, the final decline of Tsarist monarchy, 1906 to 1918. Oh, those Russians. Well, if you're looking for a positive, that's the good point, though. 
If you're looking for a positive from uh, all of this mess, it might be that it seems like the Russia-US Cold War might be back on, at least a version of it. And that might not be entirely a terrible thing, because the beauty is that however much they want to, Russia and the United States can't actually fight each other. Because if they do, everybody dies. <laughs> the world basically ends. So instead, they have to take all that pent-up energy and apply it to something else. Last time this, uh, their relationship got this tense, America ended up putting a man on the moon basically out of pure spite. <laughs> they, they just did it because they had a sense that Russia probably wanted to do it first. And so game on again now, I guess, because they either fire nuclear missiles at each other and end life on Earth as we know it, or they start their engines and race to something that there's no point going to. Break yourself Mars you might be about to get a flag shoved in you <laughs> and I'll tell you what John there are going to be some unbelievably fast women 400 meter runners over the next 10 years if this pans <laughs> out as it could do that was another top story thank you very much for listening to hear all the shows in the Bugle stable go to the buglepodcast.com small details are big surfaces Tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.